Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaies has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Have It Is So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know, I'm here with you to discuss the things that impact our lives now and in the future, and today is no different. But today we're going to talk about something that has plagued our world uh, since the beginning of time. And uh, we're going to allow Reverend Smith to help us through this today's show because we've been dealing with the inability to, to interact with each other as brothers and sisters from the beginning of time, Reverend Smith, where we allow our anger and our hatred and our animosity to blind us from our love for our brothers and sisters, and we find up doing what we may consider the most treacherous thing in the world is allowing our anger uh, to end the life of somebody we truly love and we have a blood connection with. So anger becomes a major issue with the ills of our existence, where we allow our anger to close our eyes to what is supposed to be the most important thing in our world is the love for another 
and the blood that runs through the veins of two people who are have a kin relationship. So today we're going to talk about how do we control anger? How do we control it? If we're not killing our brother physically, we're killing our brother through words. So how do we diminish the pain we cause through anger, Reverend Smith? Good evening to everyone this afternoon. Uh, When we talk about our brothers, we need to first establish who is our brothers, who are our brothers. Our brothers are each and every person that ancestors who are or have been created by God. I repeat, who have and has been created by God. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't bring in any, any color into it or anything else. And, and we need to understand when we're talking about anger, uh, we first need to realize that what God said to us a long time ago, he said to he said to us, he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy strength. And he said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. He said, love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, when we love our neighbor as ourself, it's hard to get angry with yourself. It's hard to get upset and messed up with yourself. The Bible also tells us that we can be angry but sin not. And that's what we don't do per se. We get angry and we sin over and through that anger because we are not we don't have the Lord God in us. There are many who speak in terms of I got the Lord in me and I'm this and I'm that. But a lot of us just talk the talk but we don't walk the walk. And the thing that I, uh, most people need to understand is that Jesus said it himself. He said, there will be many who say to me, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we go through that and get back to the anger side of it, you know, we, we can look at, we can look at, at Proverbs. And, and, and in Proverbs 16 and 32, it says, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. That means you are you are you are you are doing the greatest thing of all by maintaining your self control. Anger is nothing but allowing your self control to get out of control. And the only way we can control that is to love our fellow man. And first of all, most of all, we've got to accept Christ as our personal Savior. I've learned myself through, through years and having a, a form of PTSD now that if it was not for God on my side, we can, we can, I, would, I would have been in jail a long time ago. But the thing that I understand is that I know that I need God helping hand to help me through each and every situation. Not just one situation. We like to we like to kind of leave it hanging out there. 
But with God, you can't leave nothing hanging out there. We've got it's all or nothing. You either is or you ain't. And I know that's not grammatically correct to the teachers that are on the line today, but it it, it is it is it is what it is. You either is or you ain't. And so if you're going to be angry and sin not, and if you're going to love your fellow man, you know, we, we, we got a problem if we can't do that. So when we look back, uh, uh, James, and we go back to even in Genesis, right after Cain and Abel was born and, and they became young men, Cain got angry with Abel. That was the first conception of anger that we are told about in the scriptures. Cain got uh, angry with Abel and he decided, I got to get rid of this soccer Jerusalem here, you know, because he's got God's ears and eyes and I don't have nothing. But the reason Abel got God's attention was because he did the right thing. You see, when we don't do the right thing, then we want to put our foolishness off on somebody else. That's what we need to stop trying to do. Stop trying to push yourself off and your lies off on somebody else. And, Reverend, what's amazing is that somehow in within our anger, we lose sight of the ability to rationalize and do the right thing. We're more involved in trying to uh, do something that is going to not give us what it is what we, we truly seek. So instead of, um, of, of fixing the problem, we enhance the problem. Uh, that because you can't hide what you do in, within anger uh, from what the light, the light that's going to be looking for it and certainly he didn't do anything at that point to really solve his his problem other than working harder. If he cho- had chosen to work harder, uh, then God's love would have accepted what it was that he was able to offer, but he chose not to do it that way. We are, And you're right. What happens is we we want to do things our way. Okay, we we basically, I don't care what nobody say, we know the right from the wrong. People love to follow, well, they just didn't know. Yes, they did know. Take, for an instance, an example, is when a young child, and I think I may have put gave this, given this one before, a young child, two years old, one year old, when they go to stick their hands in a fan or a socket, You spank that hand. You spank that hand and tell them, no, no, don't do that. The next time, they're going to go back. They're going to go back. But the next time they go back to that socket or that fan, what do they do? They look around to see who's looking at them. That tells you what? That they know what they're doing. They know they've been told not to do something. And that's what we do, James. We get ourselves all caught up in foolishness. And the greatest thing that we need to think about is what what God has already said to us. Not only be angry, but sin not. 
But God has told us over and over again to love thy neighbor as thyself. If we do that, if we could just do a, a portion of that and have faith that God is who he said he is, trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. We don't know what we are doing half the time, but we have the Holy Spirit within us to lead us. If we would just step back instead of stepping forward, we would not get in a lot of trouble that we get into. Our mouth, like in the book of James, it tells us about the tongue. The worst anger part of our whole society is when we open our big mouth and start running off at the mouth. That's our biggest problem. But the thing that you, all of us on this on this afternoon, and I know every one of you have heard it, we need to look at this prayer of serenity. Put that in your body, in your mind, in your soul. And when you do that, you will definitely be able to curb your anger a lot better than you're doing now. Uh, D, uh, let me go to you. And as we press forward in our journey, we've long recognized that we could um, just undo everything we've ever done by allowing anger uh, to come up within us and let just one hour or less uh, totally destroy who we we are, and in recognizing that, why aren't people trying to control that that can do so much damage to themselves? Well, good evening, uh, James and Dr. Reverend Smith. Nice to hear you. Uh, good evening. Uh, I think uh, Pastor Smith touched on it um, when he said um, that uh, we first have to know. Who's in charge? All right. Uh, we have to come to, to a realization to know that there's a power greater than myself that's really in charge of everything, and I am not he. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when, I, when I get there, um, that relieves me uh, the anxiety of trying to run everything. Now, when you when you pose the question of why do people seem to get caught up in this and they lack self control, well, you know, uh, there's a lot of people just uh, first of all they they don't like themselves, and I think that's an area of humanity that uh, we have yet to touch on. Uh, people don't have like so. Their neighbor, because they don't really understand what love is. Uh, they don't love themselves. They might uh, be the next person of jealousy for the next person, but the next person has something that they don't. Uh, and I think that's a that's a whole. But a person has to first understand what love is, and love being. Un- is either or easier display toward the next person. So, you know, and so that you know, uh how we 
and that we know scripture, or we assume that we are a part of the uh, of uh, the, the body of Christ. And before we even leave church, um, we all our, our mind and our mindset and our attitude is the mayhem. Well, if that's true with our generation, then we have to only imagine what it is with the generation that came after us, because mm-hmm. uh, they have no earthly idea, for the most part, of what it is that we're talking about. Uh, one of the problems in, in that is uh, today's uh, ministries have yet to learn um, a strategy on how to hold their attention long enough or how to speak on their level without insulting them. Because we have to understand that, that, that the generation uh, uh, underneath us, they're very sensitive. And anything that you say uh, in a not loving manner, they take it as an attack on them. So uh, I think that's why you see so much mayhem in their existence right now. But we are working forward in trying to uh, decipher uh, that 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 combination on how to respond. Thank you. Uh, we are living in a in a world right now where we need more love and consideration and um, than ever before, but yet people are allowing their anger uh, to take hold and to respond to each other uh, in a way that has never been seen before or that is being seen more often uh, because of what we find ourselves. I'm just um, amazed that we're not recognizing how much damage hatred is doing to us and anger is doing to us and not recognize that we need to take a step back, Cheryl, and uh, grab humanity and hold on tight. Uh, We have to learn to uh, get some control over this anger that will kill us or kill those who we love. Good evening, and how's everyone doing this evening? Um, You know... um, Pastor Smith and um, hit so many points, you know, first telling us as far as who is our brother. But, um, you know, today we live in such a hostile environment. The homes are so hostile. Um, And it doesn't give the younger generation a chance to know peace and harmony, and to be calm, you know, and I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter if you're in church or not in church, because you got a lot of people that are in church, and when they go home, they live in a a violent situation, where, Mm. and then when you leave that home, and you interact with people, that is your behavior, that's what you know as your norm. That's how you handle things. So a lot of it really begins in the home, what we teach. You know, we can teach peace. We can teach love. We can teach those things. And, I mean, we can also have tools that will help us to calm down. 
whatever it is, you know, if some people got to count to 10, some people have to take deep breaths, you know, whatever it is, we need to learn different things to be able to get ourselves in a more calmer environment. Um, you know, I counsel um, this um, transitional home in um, um, not, well, about an hour away from me. And one of the ladies, you know, she texted me today to tell me how violent her daughter was. She took her to eat, and she ordered something what she wanted. When the, You know, the, when they came and brought the food, she said that's not what she wanted. And you're talking about four- and five-year-olds. I told her this is a behavior, this is the only behavior she knows because y'all taught it to her. Because you told me that this is exactly what go on in your household. So why would you expect anything different? So now we have to go back and teach her different. And it's going to be a struggle because we get so involved in the distractions around us that we're not paying attention to the little people and what they are seeing. And, I mean, the whole time at the house, you know, this is what they're picking up. So when they leave, this is how – and I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. In my teenage years, that's what was the norm in my house. And when I left my house, and and like I said, before I even knew about anything and before I got saved or anything, I was living with my, um, my oldest um, child's father. Don't get flipped with me, and you don't think a plate going to go across your head. I'm going to fling something at you. But this is what I knew. I didn't know how to handle it differently. And then when my daughter was born, my eyes opened up, and I had to leave. I didn't leave because I didn't love him. I left because I had to work on me. I couldn't bring her in an environment, and it wasn't going to be fair to her. That I was in. So I had to learn a whole new behavior for my children to come along. And, I mean, but that was my norm. So imagine if that's my norm, and, I mean, nobody really don't know that because everybody looks at, you know, my household being upstanding, middle class, and all of these things. And you know how it was when we was coming up, what goes on in your house, stay in your house. So you bet not have said nothing to nobody. So I had to deal with all of that on my own and didn't know how to deal with that. So imagine when we got out here, we got adults, road rage. We have, that's how they handle situations today. We got kids, we got, we have all of this going on. So we have to begin in the household Begin acknowledging, you know, what love is. And like, you know, like everything else, we got to get back in the church. And when I say in the church, under the word that's teaching the truth, not no feel good thing all the time. We need to, you know, we need a pastor that go through the aisle and step on some toes and and leave you with some Amen. Amen. So, you know, we got a lot of work to do. So we got to try to take hold of these, you know, younger generations and anybody, friends. You know, don't let your friends get away with it. And if and if you let them get away with it, then you need support from being friends with them. 
because that means you telling them that's okay for their behavior. That's not an acceptable behavior around me. I'm sorry, and not in my um in my life. I don't have time for it. Amen. Uh, Reverend Smith, in order to maintain and create a drama-free environment, you have to realize and understand what it is that creates anger within yourself and then put some kind of protection around that spot so when someone brings it to you, you know how to deflate the situation. If you allow your anger to live underneath uh, a covering that is easily exposed, then you truly haven't dealt with the issue. James, um, the one thing that we are kind of overlooking to a certain point, and I know everybody understands uh, exactly what we're all discussing here tonight, is that it's we got to learn to bridle our tongues we got to learn to, you can't to a certain extent, but we got to learn to trust God. You know, you, you, you got to step back from a lot of things. We step toward a lot of stuff. We, we allow negative, negative, negative talk. We allow negative people to hang around us. We allow all of these things in our spirit. And, and I've learned that if I'm going to hear all negative all the time, I'm going to back away from it because I know that my spirit, I'm still a, a, a work in progress. And we all are still works in progress until we reach the heavenly home. So I step away from that because I don't want to hear neg- negative all the time. I don't. I want to hear something positive. And that's why... Uh, what 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 Shell was saying about our churches? I I I, I tell you, lately on my on my uh, on the um, on the radio um, prayer line, I mean on the on the prayer line, I have been preaching. I preached two sermons. Uh, the one is I'm sick of church, and the other one was I'm sick of church part two, because we've got to learn. To, to start telling the truth and stop this prosperity and you're not supposed to be poor and you this God said the poor will be with you always. That's what he said. Then y'all need to call him a liar. They ain't going to be with you. If everybody's supposed to be rich and all that kind of foolishness. So it's, it's a thing that we've got to learn. We're not looking at God. We're looking like we can fix all of this stuff. We can't fix these things, but if we put our faith and trust in him, he can fix them for us. He can fix them for us. But we're so quick to step in the way, get all caught up, and say, oh, man, I'm just so disgusted now. That joker done did this. Why didn't you just walk away in the first place? You're not a coward. You're showing that you are more of a man if you just step away from the foolishness before it even, if you even see it getting started, step away from it. It's almost like you, you, you're. It's almost like you're in um, uh, 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 on crack. You know, God bless it, where you ain't got no business in a crack house. 
I knew that I know that I still got somewhat of a quick temper. So I step step away from such such stuff as that and going on about my business. You got to have control, but that control is almost an impossibility with yourself. You need some help. And that help must come from above. It must come from above. There's no way in the world that I could have made it to the place I am right now after working and and being in the military, working in law enforcement and seeing and going through all the things I went through and have the spirit in me that I have in me now to love everybody no matter what. There's no way that could have happened if I hadn't had the Lord on my side. Now, we can dodge around it and try to get under it or over it. You can do all that. But the only way you're going to get to the point that you want to get to is right by him. There's no other way. There's no other way. Uh, Andre, as we look to better live our lives, understanding that health is determined a lot of times by being able to control your anxiety and your anger and your frustration. Why is it so difficult for us uh, to take allow anger to take us to a place that will be detrimental to our existence? Well, fantastic Friday to everyone. Um, Amen. I, I think I think <laughs> I think by a part of our human nature, you know, we we was born as sinners, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And sometimes right. um each of us have uh, certain levels of control. I mean all of us have a, a, a measurement of control, but again, um how we capitalize on that and how we manage that, each of us have different paths that we're trying to um pursue on this journey and as the pastor said you know at certain points we have to come to realize ourselves we have to look within ourselves and look at the choices that we're making and we have to understand that you know when we were childish we put you know we acted as children as we should but as we grow older let us take a deeper look at ourselves and see how we should and can handle uh, situations that come before us. And if we find that we are not in a position that we are in control yet, because all of us of us are struggling with some type of cross that we're bearing, and we can't do it ourselves. But we know That's not right. to put ourselves in a situation where it's going to come up, where if we're not at a level that we can control it yet, don't tempt. Don't be tempted to find yourself in that situation. So, so James, I think the first step is knowing that we are all human beings and we have to first identify ourselves or what it is that we can and cannot do and how we choose to handle certain things. You know, we're hearing over and over here recently about these suicides of uh, famous people, if you would. It was Katie Spade before, and now the guy that um, Anthony, somebody that did all the uh, food shows and all, and, you know, they were just showing clips from as er- as early as, as recent as Sunday, you know, how he was demonstrating on the outside, being happy and in control and all. And yet he found himself in a situation, which was a temporary situation, whatever it was, but he didn't have the strength enough to turn to the Lord and know that, you Amen. know, he would see him through. He would see him through. And, and um, 
and and again, we we have to just know ourselves. We never know anyone else. So, James, I'm sorry, it's a long answer for it, but the bottom line of it is we have to kind of look at ourselves and see uh, what we need to do in order to help ourselves the best. Amen. Uh, D, we are constantly seeing people uh, destroy their lives uh, with no way of recovery because they would get angry over the smallest of things. I sent out to all of you uh, uh two half-brothers who got into some kind of disagreement about a small amount of money in a honey bun. And you know that the honey buns wasn't the issue. It was just that they had, that was what they were going to establish as the line that they weren't going to let nobody cross. And uh, it happened to be the honey bun. So why are we constantly drawing lines with people uh, that uh, we're not going to allow anybody to cross uh, without some con- consequences. Uh, we have to make sure we understand uh, consequences have to fix the situation, Reverend Smith. You can't allow or uh, draw some false consequence for something that is so simple that it might destroy you. I see I got uh, D back, so I'm going to let him answer. So, D, why are we allowing these things that are insignificant to be so significant? Well, uh, I hope you all can hear me. I, I may be uh, in a blackout zone. Um, I, I think Ms. Audrey hit hint upon that. And uh, for me, uh, it was the greatest discovery that I made in my lifetime. And that discovery was the, the, the discovery of myself, uh, the, the discovery of oneself. You know, um, you know, looking at yourself and doing an uh, inventory of yourself. And if you got any hang-ups or if you got any disparities in your life, and and once it, you know, once you get tired of the anguish of, of going through stuff, one should I'm not saying that they will, but one should take the the astronomical step and the challenge of looking at themselves. Uh, it's called it's called a self inventory of oneself. In that, um, you know, a lot of things will be uh, revealed to you or to one. Uh, one of which, uh, you know, the fact that they have a tendency to be jealous of other people. Uh, they like being right all the time. Uh, they like being pampered. Uh, they like being spoiled. Uh, they like to be controlling. Um, they they get highly emotional about little stuff. Uh, they like to start stuff. They like to start crap. And so when they do that, uh, then they can actually get to a point where they can start uh, uh, what we call self-maintenance. You know, I heard Ms. Audrey uh, speak about maintaining a person knowing how to maintain themselves. And that's what that's what the loss of self-control is. They have no... They have no tools of life, and I got to say that three or four times. They have no tools of life on how to deal with life on life terms, not my terms. My terms is what the stuff we're talking about. If I can't get it my way, then I'm going to throw a hissy fit. Or if I don't get it my way, I ain't going to speak to you until you figure out what's wrong with me, you know, and so – we got to have some tools in our toolbox to get through this thing. Life ain't that hard. Life ain't that bad once you learn how to live it. 
And so, and uh, and one of the one of the main tools I love in the, to have in my toolbox is the tool of acceptance. And and one of the cliche that made that a little bit more easier to digest is it is what it is. And they, and so like when Pastor Smith said something today that I said yesterday is learning the serenity prayer. And I also would incorporate in that learning, relearning the Lord's prayer. Digest, uh, I'm sorry, dissect the words in both of those prayers and understand the meaning of what's being said in both of those prayers. And uh, and then life will be a lot more tolerable, I promise you. Thank you. Reverend Sheriff, at some point, we have to establish what is important and how, the importance of not sacrificing that which truly is worth living for. So often, young people and adults uh, sacrifice what's worth living for for, again, those insignificant things and arguments that aren't worth winning. So what, how do we get people beyond the argument that might cost them their lives or their future? James, we keep going around and around in circles uh, on this discussion that we are having. And the whole discussion that we are having involves the Holy Spirit of the Lord. And we can't, we can't do nothing without him. I, I, I'm just going to be flat out straight with you. We can't do nothing. We're talking about what we can do and what we can say and how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that. And everyone is putting it in a, a, in a really beautiful uh, scenario. And I love every word that's being spoken, but I'm just going to be straight up. We, we, we must allow him to be our pilot, not just the pilot of your of your vehicle or your plane or whatever you, but even just be the pilot of your life. That's why he tells us to pray continuously on my own. I can't do it. If you can do it on your own, then you're, you're a much better person than almost anyone who's looking to get to heaven because everything that we do it must involve him if we're going to do it right. We go back to the 23rd Psalms, and, and we look at that, and I see everybody know that. Everybody in the world know the 23rd Psalm. But do they actually know it? Have they looked at each word itself? Have they actually just dissected the 23rd Psalm? When it comes down to saying the Lord is my shepherd. If you stop and think about what you just said, you've just given God, you've just given him control over your life. You've given him control. That's what you've got to do to curtail all the things that we are talking about here now is to give, turn your life over to God. If you, if you believe, if you don't believe, then this is a waste of, a waste of time. But I don't ever think anything that has to do with God is actually a waste of time. I believe that if you look at, you turn your life, you say, Lord is my shepherd, 
and you you say, okay, God, I just gave you my life now because you you have to guide me. And what do you? What does He do? And and when you are so, I'm through with my own life. I shall not want. I shall not want. Bring that in. Okay. So when we get to those points, then we can start looking back because. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That means you're in total serenity. Total serenity. You're surrendered. You've already told him, Lord, you, you I, I, I turned everything over to you. James, ready your show ain't no good without God. Giles pastoring ain't no good. Whatever any of the rest of us, the FedEx ain't no good. None of the things that we're doing is no good without him. Because we are going to fall into diver temptations every single day. Every single day we fall into somebody, somebody going to push up on us. Just say it like it is. Somebody going to push up on us. So let's just be straight with what we are talking about. We we can't do it. We can't do it, James. It's all in his hand. You gave it over to him, then give it over to him. I didn't for many years, but now I do. And my life is so peaceful. My life is so peaceful now. And I risk anything or anyone mess it up. Uh, Cheryl, your hands. You, Cheryl, you you and I have known each other for a little while, and I recognize that you walk in a world that, uh, of your making uh, with the person that you have placed in charge, and he puts you all over the place, and yet you are able to walk in, in a drama-free environment, and that is the value of that. Is uh, priceless. And it would be so nice if we could get everyone to understand and appreciate the value of that environment. Well, you know, I'm gonna tell you how um, it's having that relationship with God and knowing that He's in control. Amen. Because I can, I must tell you, not everything that I do is, you know, I mean, I got to have my conversations. It's like, really, is this what you want me to do? You know? <laughs> but, um, and then, in obedience, I can't do nothing but what he tell me to do. Because Amen. it's his will, not my will. That's so right. I sir. have to follow that. Because, you know, I told y'all the story. I said I would never come back to Louisiana, but he said different. You know, of the, the the decisions that I make, I have to consult him. And when I consult him, he lets me. I and my prayers always lead me and guide me in everything. Not some mm-hmm. of the things. Don't let me do Amen. it because see, when I do it, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a mess of it. Amen. Or it's not gonna turn out right. But when he tell me what to do, and I may not understand at the time, 
but it's the relationship that you have with him. It's not the fact of, you know, I know who he is. You don't know who he is and what he has for your life if you don't have that relationship with him. So that's what gives me the peace because of all the chaos. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going through some stuff now. And people ask me, how are you so calm? Because I feel like there's a blessing so huge for me right now. But the end, but God is allowing these things to happen to me Amen. as distractions. But I'm not going to let them distract me. That's right, Cheryl. You know, like you Amen. said, the husband act up, the kids act up. You know, I didn't lost my vehicle, my son's vehicle in the shop. I mean, one thing after another, after another. But guess what? Oh, well. And that's just how I look at it. He's not going to put more on me than I can bear. But I'm looking for enormous blessings from all of this. And guess what? He's going to get the glory. Amen. So that's the my, that that's my secret, and it's out. Just have a relationship with him, and he will tell you. Uh, Regina, uh, welcome, man. We're talking about how we can avoid the dangers and pitfalls of anger, and how we have to learn to control it and minimize it, and keep it from destroying who we, who we are and the journey we are traveling. And so we know that anger never has any positive results, but yet people are allowing their lives to be destroyed because of it. Regina? RJ, what what are your thoughts about that? How we are are continuing to allow anger uh, to be the winner of our existence. And I'm not necessarily talking about those of us on this show, but those of us who are seemingly uh, out there every day that we're hearing about. Well, it goes back to us again, um, being honest and true to ourselves and making sure that the uh, decisions that we're making is, is really for our good and the good of others. And until we actually take the time, you know, it's not the easiest thing to uh, really look at yourself. You know, sometimes people even have problems just spending quiet time with themselves. Uh, you know, you ask them, turn off the TV, turn off the uh, radio stuff. As a matter of fact, we just had some lightning and stuff to come through, and uh, my mom had to go to the uh, doctor today, so I was over there and stuff, and, and she always does, you know, when we was growing up, turn out, you know, you have to turn off everything, and, and you know, so we honor that and, and stuff like that. When you start lightning, you turn off everything, and, uh, you know, that's the opportunity to be still, but not often do we, especially in this fast-paced generation, do we steal away and really look at ourselves and then analyze ourselves? People can tell us more about ourselves, but we may not want to listen. Then sometimes we can recognize for ourselves. Wow. 
You you know you you say some things that bring back so much so much uh, understanding to me. Um, I remember my grandfather used to say that when we we hear the thunder, he would say to us, um, "Why are you scared? God just talking to you." <laughs> you know, and so people handle that in so many different ways. Uh, you know, it, it is that sometimes when we do feel like God is talking to us, we're afraid of the way we've been living and uh, the what we've been doing. And when you go back right. to it, Reverend Smith, when uh, Cain killed Abel, uh, he was scared because now he knew God was looking for him. And he knew it. Just got, he knew God knew what he had done. Uh, so obviously, most of the time, we're just not ready and prepared uh, for what life is going to be like after we allowed our anger to take over. And you're so right about that because that's what we do. We we allow if we are not uh, uh, comfortable in our own within our own self, like everyone has been saying. You must take control. If we're not comfortable within our own self, then we're going to allow anger to take over from us. And anger only brings contentment. And contentment brings probably a whole lot of other foolishness that's all trumped up in there together. And I didn't mean to call his name, but that's part of Trump's. <laughs> but it, it is. Anger does. Anger does. Uh, it, 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 it will... Anger can eat at you. Now, before I accepted Christ, let me tell you this. I hated white folks. I'm just going to be straight and blunt. I hated them. I even stood up in the middle of the office with 100 agents in it, and I pulled my gun out, and I said, oh, you white so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm sick of y'all. You just go around around the corners and talking about blacks and doing this and doing I said, I ought to just start shooting y'all. I said, this is how stupid you all are. You gave me a gun to shoot 17 times, and you gave me four extra magazines. That's how stupid you are. And then you're going to come back. But see, that wasn't God in me. I didn't have no God in me at that time. He was there, but I didn't recognize him. So anger, anger can make you do some really stupid things. And it'll cause you to get in a lot of silly trouble, trouble that you don't really need. But when you, like it said, when it is come to a point that you turn your full life, stop being able to say God's name. Stop being afraid to let everybody know that I trust in you, God. Stop going around just trying to make things work out for your good. But you should be trying to make out make things work out for the good of God who's in you. And then that anger begins to get scary, uh, scarce, I mean, and it and next thing you know, wait, I don't dislike this person or that person because all I've done now was just turn everything over to God. It ain't in my plate no more. But as long as we try to hold on to it. As long as we try to control it like Cain like Cain did. Cain killed his brother Abel because he gave God a very unsatisfied sacrifice. How why would Cain do something against what God had told him not to do in the first place? 
God had already cursed the ground. So why would God take a, a, a actual sacrifice of the ground? So, you know, we, we go against what God wants us to do, and then when something happens, then we were, oh, my goodness, that I, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yes, you do. You, you knew you was wrong in the first place. So that's what we got to do. We got we to gotta just kind of hold back on ourselves and stop trying to do what we know we can't do anyway. Okay, Jer. And, G, recognize that the anger that we want to allow so to be so free is not going to give us the results that we want. You know, uh, it it is very seldom that when you are angry and out of control, can you function properly enough to even win. Uh, You recognize when two men are in a boxing ring, anger can't be where you you are uh, because you don't, it it, it doesn't allow you to use your skills. And so here, even in everyday life, you can't use the skills that will make you successful when you're angry. That's right. Well, that that proves the point that you you got to have some skills. Uh, you got to have some tools. You got to have uh, a format. Miss uh, um, Audrey knows call call it a blueprint. You got to have a blueprint to enact upon when that situation arrives, because it, it it will come inevitably in your life. It's how you're going to deal with it. You know, there's this thing called the ego. And the only function of the ego is to protect itself. Uh, it's, it's a good mechanism to have, but it has no no other function in life other than to protect itself. And so, um, and more times than not, the ego is the one that's going to get you in, in most trouble. And sometimes it gets you in some trouble that you can't get out of. Um, so when it comes down to um, what we what we were saying about giving God his speech or, let, or letting God be God, I, I'm, I'm just speaking on layman's terms, letting, letting God be God, um, what that does is that puts the ego to the side in, in a way to say, now, look, you know, I've had enough of you. Uh, you've got me this far, and in that, I, I want to mention that you know when we get some time on our belt in life, when you, once you get the age of forty and going forward, it's time for yourself. It's time for uh, some time to sit aside for yourself and do a self inventory, because all that you've learned up until that point is all that you've learned, and everything that was proved to you, these are the things that carried you until up until that point. But going forward, if you want some betterment in life, it's time to evaluate. And and something you just have to shed off. You know, you have to shed the fat sometimes to to make yourself more receptive, uh, receptive to hearing and and knowing what you're hearing when you hear it. You know. And lastly, I want to say this real quick. You know, that's where the Trump organization. And 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 these uh, white nationalists or the nationalists, they're they're betting that you don't have no skills, and they're betting that the people that are hearing them don't have no skills. 
They don't have no serious to differentiate on what's real and what's not real, or who's lying to you and who's not lying to you. And that's why we're in this debacle right now, because they have no skills. They have no skills that they was willing to put to the forefront and say, look, I've, I've got the body of Christ in me, and the Holy Spirit is my comforter. And and he protects me from hearing all all kind of rhetoric that's not real for my betterment. And so and so the Trump organization knows that. They've done their research, believe me. They've done their research. They know what's working. And it, and apparently it is working. It's working on them. It ain't working on me. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well clearly clearly, Reverend when we talk about our Christian beliefs and the fact that a lot fewer people are going to be allowed inside the gate and down the road that's going to take us to the prosperity that we want is because people are not looking positively at the behavior that is necessary and following those rules. When you have hatred in your heart for a man only because of his color of his skin, Clearly, you're not living the life that God wants you to live. Or clearly, right. when you can get married at your brother and sister and have hatred for them in your heart, uh, just because they may have a job that's better than yours, or because they went to right. school and you didn't go, you cannot have hatred for people for doing what was the best thing in their interest. You can't uh, be like a crab in a bucket and mad at every crab that gets crawled out and is not put in the boiling water. So we need to get real about why we're angry with people and stop being that angry at people because they took the steps necessary to get where they are. And you're right, Jay. Most of the time our anger should be uh, at toward us. We allow these things to happen to us in our lives, and now we want to turn that anger from inward to outward Towards someone else And we know where the anger Really why, why we are angry We say well I don't know why this happened Or that happened yes we do We were upset with us because We that person of those People They were able to go And do something that you Could have done it may have taken you A little bit harder time or more time To do it but you could still Get it done you can Get it done where one person or one race of people or whomever, they might do it in one shot. It might take you 15 shots to get it. You can still do it, but you must learn to do it through love. You can't do nothing through anger. I've learned that over my years. Anger will bring on more resentment. But as lo- if God tells us that when, when, when one, somebody hates you, Love them to death. Love them to death. Because you don't do nothing but heat coal on their head. Okay? I want to put me some more coal on a lot of folks who have hateful head. And one of the things that, that really is sad is that now our younger generation do not have any allies in the church. Very few. Because... A lot of people that are going to church that are supposed to be role models, that are supposed that these kids, are, when they step out of that church, what do those kids see? They see nothing. Because you might talk the talk, 
but you don't walk the walk. That's why I enjoy the conversation on this line, because I really believe that everybody on this line really walk the walk and talk the talk. And I wish more people out there could hear this show, because this is what's going to help the younger people. All of these uh, uh, seminars and everything that we are having, we've got to become more of a role model in our everyday walk of life. Every day, well, I didn't say Sunday. I said every day walk of life. And that's what I'm trying to do now more than ever since I've retired from pastor. Now, they retired me. I didn't retire. But I try to show the young people and talk to all the young people out there to help themselves through God. You don't necessarily have to go to church because I don't push nobody toward church anymore because the churches are some of the worst places to go with some of these hellions in it. And I don't want to see the kids get so messed up, messed up from hatred and, and, and begin to dislike what they see. They think the God that we are serving is, is that kind of a God. The God we serve is a loving and kind and gracious and merciful God. But we don't show that to our children. And we, God told us to come out from among them and separate yourself. Don't be caught up in the world. We're of the world, but we are not in, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we don't, we don't listen to that. So I'm saying you're right about what you're saying. We, we, we internalize our anger, and then next thing we know, we try to put it off on somebody else. If you hadn't have done this to me, I wouldn't have done that. Yes, you would have. You'd have done it anyway. You might not have done it to that person, but you would have done it to somebody else. God bless. All right. Uh, Regina, are you there? All right, we're going to go to break, and we'll come back and uh, give uh, everybody an opportunity to find it, to say that final word. I am. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Let it go. Can't let this thing hold up get away from you. Feel free right now, go do what you wanna do Can't let nobody take it away from you Yourself something new. Keep your head up high and yourself 
host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We want to know, you to know that we're here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and 8.30 p.m. Sundays Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruptions. Uh, let me go back uh, before we uh, say our final thoughts. Uh, I have a no- new number here, uh, 5499. 5499, give us your name and where you're calling from. Hi, this is Rhonda. Yes, I was listening, but I was on mute. Okay, okay. Uh, Rhonda, do you want to have anything to say about anger and how devastating it can be and how we I need to be able to control it? Well, the thing of it is, I was telling someone earlier today that anger is a secondary emotion. It's actually a reaction. So you have to first find out what was it that occurred? What did you feel before the anger? The Bible says that to be angry and sin not, there's nothing wrong with being angry. It's just how you react to that anger is where the wrong occurs. And we know uh, that within us, uh, there are going to be times when we allow our emotions to get the best of us, but certainly we shouldn't let that emotion uh, destroy where what it is we're trying to accomplish or have an adverse effect on the people that we love. Uh, so how do you how do you go about anger uh, so that you don't let it get the best of you? Well. The Bible speaks about how a soft a soft word turns away wrath. And most times before I speak, I think before I speak. And then I, I, if I get the chance to, I pray before I speak. Um, sometimes even that fails me when my flesh get in the way. And I realize that it's not the person, it's not even a circumstance. It's just that I was not in a place to be prepared to handle it, to handle it better. So when it happens, when I lose my temper, when I get angry, I apologize, not because I was wrong for the infraction that was against me, but because I was wrong for the way I reacted towards it. Yeah, and it is so important to be able to do that. We so quickly um, always seem to think that when we allow the other person uh, to have their way, that somehow we've lost when we've allowed, when we reduce our anger and allow uh, what life, you know, the opposition uh, to have their way doesn't mean we're defeated. And so we need to learn how to make sure that we don't let our anger draw lines uh, that are going to cost us a whole lot. Uh, Andre, what what are your final thoughts this evening? I think it was a very good conversation, and and thank you for bringing this topic up. When I think about anger, um, the young lady who was speaking before was uh, point on. She was right on target, and and thank her. Uh, I think it was Miss Rhonda. So thank you, Sister Rhonda, for sharing that. Um, I witnessed uh, just the other day a young black couple 
and uh, I could see that the young man was just so very uh, frustrated. He was getting dropped off at the airport, and you could just tell by the way he closed the door, the way he went to the trunk, and the fact that he didn't, you know, show any embracement to the person that was dropping him off, that it was it was it was bad terms, I would think. That's what I picked up and what I viewed. And I just prayed for them because I said, you know what, they, they're under a lot of pressure right now, and I'm not excusing it at all. And uh, it seemed like he was going off, you know, trying to make it, I'm sure. Uh, they had a baby in the back seat, and I was a young female. And when she dro- he dropped out, I mean, she was ready to pull out. So um, when Miss Rhonda mentioned that she prayed before she spoke, and, and you know, that takes, time to reach that point. All of us uh, are not there yet, and we're on this journey. So, uh, again, let us pray for each other because some of the things that uh, we're being faced with, uh, we haven't reached that part of the journey yet where we do recognize that it's how we handle the situation and uh, by digging within, letting the spirit guide us and lead us, it'll come out so much better, but that's easier said than done. So, um, uh, no weapon, including anger, can have victory over us. So we have to go to the Lord in prayer for ourselves and for each other. So thank you, Jane. All right. Um, Cheryl, your final thought this evening? Very good topic. Very good conversation. Um, many, many um, suggestions as far as how each person handles anger and what brings anger up, um, again, you know, it's something that we should share with others, this um, this particular show and other shows as well, but also invite them so that we can get um, more of the conversation going. Um, you know, and like I said, um, we have to have that relationship with God, and we can definitely do more within our households. So whatever we're doing, we can always do more. Uh, five, four, nine, nine. Uh, we're going to allow you to have the last say uh, for this show. Uh, you know, what are your final thoughts that our audience needs to know in order to enhance their lives and to create a drama-free environment? Well, I don't know how you can create a drama environment i i don't I don't have that formula yet, but I can tell you how I can be free in the drama, and that is to focus on God and not on what the drama is. so I think you guys have made some really really strong and I know that I'm taking something away from this that I did not have when I came on. And that's what's so important. We want our audience to be able to derive something from the shows that we have that can assist them and help them in their everyday lives. We don't all have the answers. I certainly don't have all the answers. I am just seeking to be a part of the solution. And those of you who call in and support this show enable us to talk about life and figure out what uh, moves we should take in order to make life better? And how do we make sure that people understand that our voices are important and we're going to be heard? I will be seeing you guys tomorrow at um, 
8 o'clock p.m. on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, uh, because it is what we have to do in order to make sure we are part of a solution and a part of a world that hears our voices. See you tomorrow. And know that they fall by the side of the road And teach them to love one another That heaven might find a place Forever